coming through. He's got a job to do while he rescues the girl. James Bond Jr. chases Scott around the world. To another episode of the Sin Beef Podcast. I am your host, Gary Hill, and with me is Jamie. Yes, I am. How are you? I am ready to go. Great. You sound very, very enthusiastic. I am. I'm very enthusiastic, very energetic. That's, huh. right. That's great. Not that you're, not, not that you're always enthusiastic, it's just, you know. Sometimes I'm I, not. Sometimes, well, <laughs> I try to hide it. <laughs> what are you going to do? No, I, I am always the, I'm always willing. You know, sometimes I'm just tired, but I am ready to go now. And hey, X, how you doing, sir? Stargrove! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These Stargrove outbursts will not be tolerated. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> better get unless used to it for the next two hours at least. Unless you say Stargrove. Gee, man. Yeah, I've already like decided that. if I ha- ever have a son, <laughs> that is his name. <laughs> And not like the character's name. No, his name is Stargrove. That's oh. <laughs> that's it. Lots of Stargroves. Lots of yeah. Just so I can oh. yell it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And with us tonight is our special guests. Yeah, one of which is the singer, the songwriter, and the carrier of knives, Mr. Hugh Green, and the lovely Christy Green. Hey. Hello. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it like his machismo. That's all I'm saying. <coughs> oh, you know, that's, uh... I can't. I can't go that deep, man. <laughs> How are I'm you guys going. tonight? Oh, damn! Pretty We're good. <laughs> pretty good. So I'd make a sexual joke there. I'm not going to do that though. Out of respect for Christy, you know, I'll try to be a good boy. You must have missed what he said then. <laughs> I said he's going to go deep. I was like, you guys going to say, yeah, balls deep, and I was, I wasn't going to say that, but I just did just now, and you know, he's these hey, outbursts. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Man. He was saying so. Something when you started talking, so he was gonna put his foot in his own mouth. That's okay. Hey, yeah, you. I saw you. <laughs> Plotting and scheming. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. How have you guys been doing? Oh, you know, busy with everything as usual. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Always busy. How's things go? Yeah. How's things go with the mysterious boom of paranormal society? Uh, well, it's, it's kind of a. Uh, trying to come along we 
We've been slow on the episodes, but we'll get back into it here shortly. Business is booming. So, yeah, we yeah. we've been we've been all of us who do this our our collective called the Fire Pit. We've been focusing on our Fire Pit TV aspect this winter, so everything else is kind of taking hold. a little bit of the back seat. Mm-hmm. But I have one setting here ready to send to uh, right now, Mister Lloyd. But <laughs> <laughs> but I have not pushed the uh, send button just yet. Sweet. I guess we'll uh, defer to our guests first. What have you guys been watching lately? I'm a top secret. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, actually, we did watch. Uh, well, we watched a ton of wrestling, and All then the time. Uh, and then we watched. Uh, what did we watch? Uh, Die Hard. Oh, we did the new. Well, I called the newest one because I remember watching all the old ones a long time ago, and that I think one was the newest one. Did they go to time. Russia? Did they go to Russia? I don't know. Did they go? Oh. Was Justin Long in it? No, that's the one before oh. the new one. Okay. Oh, there's a newer one. Oh my gosh, Christy! Yeah, don't 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 See, watch that one, Christy. Oh, don't watch bad. that one. It's bad. Yes. Oh, I like <laughs> the one I just watched, so I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, stay right, stay right where you're at. Uh, John, McLean, John McClane in Russia is terrible. Why? Yeah, that doesn't even sound like it makes sense. But okay. <laughs> I'm a New York cop. So anyway, yeah, we liked that. Uh, we liked that Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we watch recently? Man, yeah, we watch so much wrestling. I that's all I have in my head right now. When it comes to movies, we pretty much are like three or four a month, maybe. We'll try to watch a movie on a Friday night, but uh. We, but we watched three just for this. Beautiful. In less than a week. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but we watched like, you don't even understand the hours that we rack up in wrestling. Because we watch so much wrestling all the time. Yeah. The kids are like, Mom, can we please watch something else? <laughs> yeah, we need to stop. We need to get caught back up on uh, Gotham. We do. We've been missing everything, it seems like. Well, it's, uh, what are you going to do, guys? You, know, you, you schedule stuff, and uh, wrestling is kind of a... Uh, one of the most important food groups, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Well, I'll defer to X. X, what have you been watching, sir? I've been watching a lot of stuff for review. I watched the uh, the Arrow Blu-ray release of The Mutilator. Cool. No. <laughs> we watched that last night. Did you? Is the Fall yeah. Break song still stuck in your head? Hey, oh, my God. Yes, it is. All night long. I was going to bed singing that fucking song. Fall <laughs> Break. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably the hand, holding hands in the moonlight, walking hands. <laughs> that's like holding. the worst movie song since Night Train to Terror. It is so bad, <sighs> but so was the movie. So you know what? It's all right. Yeah, the movie's like, just weird. There's no well, there's no all right, there's no surprise. It's not like there's a ooh, I wonder who the killer is. No, um, and I even dozed off at one point for a few minutes and when I woke up the same people were still alive so I was like oh well shit I didn't miss anything and then of course even while I was awake I wasn't missing anything I guess but um, there was no real resolution you know and of course we needed that hospital scene where you watch them look out the window and I'm like Jesus Christ this is just bad filmmaking although it was kind of fun to make fun of but I really like the line when they're getting ready to get into the swimming pool and she's like how come it looks so fun and the guy's like that's because of all the chlorine. Might help you get rid of the herpes. <laughs> oh, their accents were terrible. What and the fuck? <laughs> the acting was terrible. The writing was non-existent. And this thing had, I mean, good on Arrow for being so 
good at what they do. Right. But this movie had a, has a feature length documentary. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. Watched it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we started, we didn't finish, but what kills me is he's like, you know, I, I had enough money to either buy a vineyard or, or make a movie. And I'm like, you should have gone with the vineyard, dude. <laughs> I had $86,000. He said $86,000. Practice the law at $86,000. Slash your baby. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story of the mutilator. And then on a completely different end of the spectrum, I watched um, Charlie Chaplin's The Kid from 1921. Nice. Which, yeah, actually, that is really nice. That's really yes. a great movie. It's interesting, some of the choices he makes as a director. You know, I like that. At the beginning, the woman has the child. She's not married, and the title card says, Her only sin, motherhood. It's like, yeah, fuck you. It's not even a sin. And then there's like and then they, there's like a shot of Jesus trying to like carry his cross up Golgotha. It's like, wow, that's pretty heavy symbolism right there. Uh, tramp. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that's, that's really good. And, you know, I'm still struggling through the X-Files, but we'll probably get to that later. Anything else? No. No. <laughs> Jamie. Well, we just uh, recorded the C episode for ABCs of Hidden Horror. So for that, I <laughs> watched Cold Prey and The Caller and... Oh, Cheerleader Camp. Yeah, thank you. Mm. <laughs> He's so handy to have around. And... <laughs> um, and we oh we had to get caught up on the X Files and Lucifer for evil episodes, and I guess that's pretty much uh, pretty much it, um, except for the movies for this. That's pretty much all I've done since. Oh, and Creep Show because uh, we were doing a Creep Show retro on the Skeleton Crew coming up. You're not doing part three, are you? No, that one. It, it's going. There's going to be a review on the show, but it's one that was already recorded that I actually didn't have anything to do with. Kind of like when we did the "I Know What You Did Last Summer" retrospective. Yeah. Um, it's just he's just going to recycle that one because he didn't want to make anyone have to re, have to watch it. <laughs> that is that is not a good idea to watch Creep Show three. So we're doing uh, one and two. Our I fresh. can recommend watching the film that was supposed to be Creep Show three and Tales from the Dark Side of the movie, but you know that's. That was the film that was supposed to be Creepshow 3 and not Creepshow 3. Ugh. Anything else, Jamie? No, I think that's pretty much. I think that's it. It's all I can think of anyway. Okay. Yeah, I caught up on Gotham uh, the last two episodes <clears throat> leading to the big arc with Mr. Freeze coming up next, which I'm pretty excited about because it looks pretty badass. And there was a scene in there, which I, I have to mention, being a, being a cinephile, where Penguin um, De Niro kicks James Gordon on the episode. And I couldn't stop laughing. If, if you guys don't know what that is, just picture Robert De Niro kicking somebody while they're down, and that half-stroke face he makes, where he looks like he's not really hurting them, but he's really inconveniencing them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, see, it landed. See, that's it. one joke lands, guys. It's good stuff, you know. That's because we're thinking of that as the Dolph Ziggler kick, and not the Robert De Niro kick. <laughs> okay. Um. I watched Big Hero 6 this morning. Just oh, because. Puppy Robot. Puppy Robot, man. I, I love that's that shit. Puppy show. Robot. That is my, uh, that's my shit, man. And I, uh, I confessed to Facebook this morning how much of a crush I have on Honey Lemon. And that's not what keeps coming back to that movie, but it helps things, you know. 
And I, I've, uh, I've met uh, Scott Edson, the guy who plays uh, the voice of Baymax, and Aww. and he's a number not from I Love a Thirty Rock too, but uh, he was uh, the voice of Baymax as well. And I, I got a fist pump from from Baymax, and I felt really awesome, you know. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Did he go uh, la 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 la? No, I was very disappointed, but not he was he was kind of <laughs> pressed for time. But you know, the, uh, yeah, well, that's a time consuming thing. I can understand that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, what else? There was there was other stuff. The films for the show, of course, naturally. Uh, for some reason, I, I ran through <clears throat> the Mummy series, which is I, I, is a pretty good series. I, I, I run through it too. No, no, I like them. Okay, I, I don't remember liking the third one so much because I never actually finished watching it because I was kind of bored at the beginning. But I watched it this time around. It really picked up. And there's a part in the middle which I love where they're in Siberia or something. And for some reason, the Asian girl they have with them has at her disposal a trio of yetis, and they just tear shit up, and it's pretty awesome, you know? And, um, yeah, that, that series is okay. I, I, I can't say that Brendan Fraser made a ton of bad movies, but I haven't seen all of Brendan Fraser's movies, but the ones that I've seen in, the, him in, I like, so take that, man. Check out for Revengeance. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> I'll go watch Godzilla. Hell, man. I love all the shit we cover on this show, and that's where you draw the line. Yeah, you draw your line (laughs) at furry vengeance. (laughs) Lord. We'll just do a whole bunch of films with with monkeys in the the movie Most Valuable Primate. Uh, Dunstan checks in. Yes. Yes. Going ape. Uh, Ed with Matt LeBlanc. Lord. (laughs) It's a monkey who pitches. Come on, man. Someday we're going to do an episode where we just start listing shit, and that's the entire show. I was excited to watch Russell <laughs> Matt because it had, it had a, Russ, a Jack Russell Terry who wrestles people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it looked ridiculous. So he's a I Jack Russell Terrier? He's a Jack oh, Russell Terrier, and his, his finishing move is called the Russell Tussle, okay? Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> Does he go by the name of Rarf Mysterio? No. Well, he, he, then to he, hell he with does, that movie. He does. He does bounce off the ropes. And as a wrestling fan, guys, you guys should appreciate this about a Jack Russell who computer generates, bounces off the ropes, and lands on a guy, and has the force of a tiny dog when knocks down a grown man. You know. Well, <laughs> yeah, El Torito. Oh, there you go. <laughs> loves El Torito. She was so excited when we got to saw him when we saw him live. He showed up at the Houston House show. And she <laughs> who's made the, the date Who's her. the dude on Lucha Underground? Who's like all in white? Sagranda, something like that. And always comes up with El Pimparella. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So we're, we are not going to derail the show with wrestling shit. I promise. I'll be quiet now. <clears throat> oh, I, I I did my grand experiment, uh, which I call the Great Terminator um, Subtraction Experience. Where I'd watch the first one, the second one, and then I watched the latest one to see if I felt the same about cutting out the, those other two sequels. And I, I think I'm good. We, we just watching those three, so I guess that was a a big a big how do you do there, you know? Yeah. By saying uh, Terminator Three and Terminator Salvation are pretty useless. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw, we watched that too recently. You liked it? Yeah, we did. The Terminator. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, speaking of Brendan Fraser, I guess I was at a Brendan Fraser kick. I watched School Ties for no good reason because it was there, and uh, those those young people really hate Jews. But there was a there was a nice uh, collection of young actors who were kind of kick now, uh, Mr. Affleck and Mr. Damon, and you know stuff like that. And 
if you like them uh, hating Jews and stuff, watch School Ties. And uh... <laughs> School Ties is like the bizarro world version of With Honors. Yes. And then watch Newsies right after. That'd be, it'd be amazing. Jeez. Oh, That's going to be a purchase very soon, guys, by the way. <laughs> uh, Christian Bale singing and dancing. That's right, people. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, besides that, I haven't watched much else, much else, much else, much else to speak of. <laughs> Watch your English there, children. But uh, yeah, with that, I'll move it on to our beefs of the week. Hugh and Christy, what's pissing you off this week? Anything bad? Uh, how long do you want this show to be? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just I'll go with I'll just go with Facebook. That's been that, that kind of encompasses the whole thing that steals the joy of my life lately. How about you, Christy? You have enough beef for the both of us. I got enough beef for the yeah, hey baby. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You went off on an hour-long rant during one of our recordings about your beefs lately, yeah, I so yeah. I just let you run with it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not have another anxiety attack, so we'll just leave, we'll leave it at, at Facebook right now. I, I, I understand, sir. Uh, X, what's your beef of the week, sir? Um, this X Files reboot is sucking dick, and they need to do something about it fast. There's only two What's more. That? There's only two more episodes. They introduced a brand new mythology and a brand new conspiracy. Haven't touched it since. <laughs> All it's been has been like, oh, we sure do miss our kid that we gave up for adoption. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a fucking Hallmark series at this point. So I'm ready for this to either get good or get gone. Um, my second beef of the week is actually is wrestling related. Um, at, at, at the end of Raw on Monday night, Titus O'Neil um, touched the owner of WWE, Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon suspended him for 90 days for hey. touching him. Now, that got reduced to 60 days. He doesn't like to be touched, man. He doesn't like to. Well, there's probably more to it than that, because from what we know about Vinny, it was probably like, I don't want this black guy touching me. He's, oh, like, no. he's, like, the, he's like that guy from 3 o'clock high, but he doesn't like to be touched, Ben. You know? Yeah. So, oh, I heard that gasp, Christy. Come on, it's Vince. <laughs> Vince, who thought it was funny that Mae Young gave birth to a rubber hand, okay? Oh, I thought it was funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you and sexual chocolate can yuck it up about that, but... I think it's ridiculous to suspend someone for touching you just because you're the boss. And when you have a history of not being um, you know, not a racist <laughs> or a sexist or an ageist. So, I don't know. I just think that's really shitty. And they should – because I don't want him to lose his WrestleMania paycheck just because he touched a guy. That just seems really unfair. So, that's – yeah, there you go. There's my beef. My beefs. Beef I. That's Mr. McMahon in real life there, see, in true life. That's right. You got no chance, <laughs> in, no chance in hell if you're black or a woman. So <laughs> That's fun. Let's put it through a table. Yeah. You know, what, what's worse, the Mae Young birth of the hand or, or the, 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 the Snitsky and Lita baby thing? Oh, 
gods. <laughs> wow. I yeah, don't I'm have an answer for that. Back. I don't have an answer <laughs> for that. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, the X-Files thing. Maybe he's trying to reverse Ryan Murphy it. When I say that, Ryan Murphy can't close the show. Maybe he's trying to close big, you know. Well, he better close big. I mean, with like a a, a nuclear bomb better go off or something, because we need to cauterize this wound because it's bleeding out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie, you have any beeps this week, girl? No, I'm good. I Except I do want to say that I loved the third episode of The X-Files. I, but, but see, let me... I, I liked that show back in the day when they were Monster of the Week. I hated the conspiracy shit. Like, it bored the crap out of me. And that's when they lost me, when they got all serious and they got all, like... Like in the later seasons, I just gave up. So the first two episodes of the first episode of this season, I didn't give a shit at all. Um, I was in the kitchen making vegetable juice. I didn't care. The second episode was a little bit better. I absolutely loved the third episode. That was so much fun. That's the X-Files that I love. So, you know, that's kind of funny. But, you know, as far as beefs go, nope, I got nothing. I'm Um. all right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, me myself, I don't have a ton of beefs either, you know, except for you know, like you said, Facebook stuff and uh, some some stuff we discussed earlier. That I'm not getting into, but I'm glad I ain't got that on my show. That's all I'm saying. But uh, you know, <laughs> I'm glad I ain't got that here, man. You know, because I'm, I'm like Mary J. Blige. I don't want no drama, you know. But uh, you take that as you want it or take it as you leave it. But you know. Yeah, it's all, it's all friendly here, people, so there, there you go. Uh, my headset broke this week, so that, that's a beef, I guess I can call it, but I, I gave it some minor surgeries. That's what I'm talking to you guys on right now. Mm. Me me and the masking tape did some work on this headset. And I, guess it was, <laughs> I guess it was successful. Yes, it was. But uh, tonight, we've invited our guests to join us to talk about some bootleg teenage James Bond films. One of which has an actual James, actual 007 in it, so that, that's something, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah. We'll, we'll, we'll start with that one, actually, I think, tonight. Stargrove! Yes, indeed, Stargrove. It's <laughs> 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 never too young to die. Right after the trailer. The new American hero. Go! John Stamos is Stargrove. Stargrove! Vanity is Donja. Gene Simmons is Ragnar. Never Too Young to Die, rated R. Never Too Young to Die from 1986. Plot synopsis is this. A secret agent is murdered and his son... A high school gymnast teams up with a teams up with a spy to catch a man who killed him. Kind of cheap, but whatever. Uh, it stars the great John Stamos as Lance Stargrove, uh, the Queen of Seventh Heaven herself, Vanity, as Danja Deering, Danja, the Demon himself, Gene Simmons as Carruthers slash Velvet Von Ragnar, uh, the one, the only, the one star of. Uh, uh, His Majesty's Secret Service, the only James Bond film he was ever in. Mrs. George Lazenby as Drew Stargrove, Papa. Uh, Peter Kwong plays his buddy Cliff. I've met him before. That's pretty awesome. There's some, uh, some other, some, another guy I've met before, too. 
Mr. Robert Englund as that that crazy guy who wants to poison the water supply. He has all the tricks in Riley. Ah, this gets a 4.8 on your IMDb. Who would like to start on this one? I'll go. Go for it, Jamie. Okay. I love this movie. I can't help it. Uh, The... Okay, there are three things that I remembered about this movie for years, but I had no idea where they came from. And uh, for the longest time, I just had these little snippets of things, and I didn't know well, I didn't know why. Well, then Mo Porn asked me to join him to cover this movie. This is several years ago. And I was like, okay. So I start watching this movie, and I'm like, this is so familiar. And then I get to those things, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's what this is from. One of those was that insanely, like, 10-minute-long seduction scene that you have on the on the patio um, with John Stamos and Vanity. I clearly had that pictured, like, the whole thing, like, I, that it took place, but I had no idea where that was from. Another one was Gene Simmons signing an autograph with his finger, and... I don't remember what the other one was, but anyway, those it just they always stuck in my head. And so when I watch this movie, I'm like, not only is that what these are from, they're all from the same thing, and that just makes it incredibly awesome. Oh, it was his song, the uh, the song that he performs at the show, and uh, and those are some hella memories to have stuck in your head and not be able to attach them to anything. Uh, but this movie is just it's so over the top. It's super fun. I mean, Gene Simmons just pours everything out uh, on this one and it's it's hilarious and and great the one thing i the one problem i have with this is why doesn't john stamos being or stargrove being an a gymnast ever come into play he did um, that one flip that one time that one know? flip that one time but like there's like <laughs> the whole beginning sequence of this film is him per like is him being a gymnast and then you know the song which is fantastic now to, to be fair jamie the only time he showed real gymnast skills when he was on those rings and he fucked that up otherwise just jump well, on a trampoline yeah. <laughs> okay that's true but maybe this it, was the Jim Cotta prequel and it got screwed up <laughs> Jim Cotta. you would think that with as much fuss as they made about it in the beginning of the movie, that it would actually come into play, like in the the end of the film, like maybe during the the big battle scene or something. Um, but I mean, he did. He was clearly strong because he was able to hold himself up, you know. But that is it. So I mean, I would have liked to have seen him on the side of the dam, like a pommel horse or something, you know. But, but put that shit to some use. But. Um, You've got Gene Simmons playing dual characters, or really, I mean, one guy, but one guy, you know, disguised as another guy while he's doing it. You've got John Stamos with all of his hair and everything, and um, and those front pleat pants, which are fantastic. And then you've got, you know, pre-religion Vanity, who <laughs> who is vamping it up. And I say, how can you go wrong with that? I mean, if... If anyone has not seen this movie, this is one of those movies that every time I watch it, and now I've seen it probably three times since since I did there, or in, including the time that I record, I watched it for Mo's recording, and it's one of those movies that I forget just how fun it is until I watch it again, and then I immediately get sucked back into it, and. It, if somebody talks about it between those times, I'll be like, oh yeah, man, that's a crazy movie, but. 
I'll forget. It's kind of like how I forget how a how much a bee sting hurts until I get stung by a bee. It's like you're like, oh, that yeah, bee stings hurt. But well, then you get stung by a bee and you're like, motherfucker, you know, like I, it's just that kind of pain that you can never quite remember. Uh, this is this movie is fun that I can never quite remember exactly how much fun it is. And uh, then every time it is. And I'm always surprised to see Robert England. For some reason, I never remember that he's in this movie. And so I'm like, ah, Robert England. And so that's a that's a happy little thing. So anyway, this was a fun experience for me. Always is. Uh, if anyone out there hasn't seen it, then I'd say you pretty much have to because uh, it's uh, you, you. I don't know. You you want this. You want this in your. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the word. X. What's the word? But. No. <laughs> <laughs> your um, your repertoire. Oh, sure. Yes, we'll go with that. Your catalog. Yeah. You want it. Your arsenal. Your lexicon is what I was trying to think of. I said, although that isn't necessarily appropriate for movies, but that's what I was going to use. But anyway, so yeah, there you go. Lexicon's I love it. A good, lexicon's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll shoot to our guests. Hugh and Kirsty, what did you guys think about this film? Uh, well, you know me. I like cheesy 80s stuff, so it's pretty much right up my alley. I, uh... uh I did like, uh, I can't remember to think of what Gene Simmons' character name is. Yes. Ragnar. But, but what? Ragnar. <laughs> I loved him. I thought he was great. Probably the best spy villain ever. And he kind of reminded me of, of, of Goldust. It seems like that's maybe where the inspiration for Goldust character came from. Yeah, you said that while we were watching it. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it's so much just like that. So I wonder if maybe that's kind of the real inspiration for that gold dust character. So how about you, Christy? Huh? Well, you know, I don't like cheesy 80s things. Oh, come so, on. <laughs> and the quality of it was kind of, you said, Oh, it's cause we were streaming it, but oh, yeah, that's I mean, fine. Um, maybe you need to rewatch. I really it liked like watching you Blu-ray. watch this cause you kept liking, you're like, did it say grenades? It actually said grenades. You're like <laughs> geeking out over the, super cheesiness of it you really uh, liked it so that was pretty funny and then you're like wait he was both of them he was the redhead too i'm like yes he was both of them he was two characters like, yeah i like oh. that in the, in the title <coughs> i think in that beard was that credit. beard was falling off i think <laughs> in the credits it listed him as both characters it wasn't like it was just him dressed up as someone else it, it actually listed him as the two different characters so yeah it's kind of a big spoiler in it that entertained me pretty well <laughs> I when they kept doing those quick glances at each other like like I'm seeing you see me see you see me oh, that was... the, the pulled yes. back thing yeah or John Stamos was doing the the cute little puppy look down oh she's looking at me I, I popped hard for that too this movie entertained me that's what I look for entertainment I'm not looking for I don't I don't look for a deep script I don't look for mistakes if it entertains me that's all I need and this accomplished just that and i oh i did think uh the whole gymnastics thing i'm with jamie on that one like at the end when he did that little head scissors thing to throw him off the bridge i was like oh wait he does gymnastics so <laughs> yeah all that served to do was remind you that they hadn't utilized it previously <laughs> yeah exactly so and and that's i was like wait a minute yeah gymnastics so yeah that's uh, i feel i'm exactly on board with what you said on that because i had the same thought so you're just glad this is one of the few movies where the good guy defeats the villain with a hurricane rana. Right, yeah. That was, okay. <laughs> that's, 
And he even mentioned, he's like, I don't want to do this spy stuff. I got, I've been beat up and drop kicked. I don't remember him getting drop kicked. I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> but the best part was at the end, whenever he threw one thing into oh the my air, God, the other thing the into the air to blow it up, and they they magically hit one another, and then bam, he stops it. The, the flamethrower thing. Yeah. He just threw them up, and they met, collided in the air, and exploded. Yes. I mean, there's so much good stuff. They call it that—that that, the Stargrove swing, man. You know, come on now. There you go. That Stargrove swagger. <laughs> and the whole time, Christy's just like, uh, uh. Ah. But you enjoyed it, and that was fun watching you enjoy it. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> See, that's your problem. You. I know, make... and it's not supposed to, but that's okay. Here's what you need to do: stop trying to make sense of movies when you watch them. Just sit back, relax. I want it to make sense. <laughs> it it does make sense. He got sexually confused, Gene Simmons, you know, and he oh, wants he to. So pretty. <laughs> he, he he lets it off right at the end of the film. What he needs, he wants his computer disc to to, to take over the world, and somebody else has his computer disc. And Star Girls, father, you know, I got I got to say it like that because it sounds like that. Uh, like a mean pointer song at the beginning of the movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. The funny oh, thing is, is that Christy actually pointed out that the that the Stargirl father was James Bond, and she doesn't hardly know any movie facts, and I didn't even realize it. So that <laughs> that's a point for Christy right there. She got on to that. I'm like, is that a real James Bond? I think that is. I had to look it up. I was like, no, that's not a James Bond. That's not Sean Connery or these other guys. And she was right. I was like, wow. <laughs> Way to go, star, the star of Black Belt Jones, George Lazenby. Axel, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it to you, sir. Well, what's, what's your thoughts on uh, this lovely film? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> really nobody can accuse me of not loving B movies or even fucking Z movies, but you've got to have something that kind of grounds you into the reality of the movie itself. Otherwise, it's it's not fun, and you don't buy it. And this movie's horseshit. Um, I didn't buy it. I know I'm going to be that guy about this movie. John Stamos in college, Stargrove at the same fucking weird above ground meeting place they had at Dragnet 1987, except you've got a transvestite who's leading basically the extras from the Road Warrior. Oh, no. that's what I forgot to bring up. Good call. Uh no. Oh, also, just uh, I knew I was, I was, I was fine. I was going along with it, you know, trying to just keep things in check. When all of a sudden, the fucking Legion of Doom shows up in the stable where Vanity is, <laughs> and the one guy says, "Hand over some Ram Key, or else I'll tenderize your butt." <laughs> Why is that a line? Why? Why does it take John Stamos 45 minutes before he starts hitting people? Why are they making bombs out of graphing calculators that don't have clocks in them? Can you just say that line one more time? Hand over some ram key or else I'll tenderize your butt. (laughs) 
if you're an if you're an eight eight in Arizona, <laughs> let's tell the watch your butts. <laughs> see, this is this is why I love this show. See, I'm sorry, I'm gonna mute myself. Go. <laughs> see, yeah, I had a hard I had a hard time with this. I. I was cracking up at how they made Gene Simmons alter ego Carruthers look like fucking Chuck Norris and karate commandos. Yeah. Just, uh, he needed the headband. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, I just, no. Didn't he wear like a, like a bandana around his neck too? I think he did. I I think so. Yes. (laughs) This is a cartoon show people. That, That was a thing. So anyway, I'm glad you all dug it and and liked the cheesiness of it, but I just I, I I couldn't find that spot where I could suspend my disbelief enough to go, yeah, this is okay. And it's sort of, and just the stuff everybody else talked about the yeah the half an hour long seduction scene on the on the patio, <laughs> you know, where she's basically in her bra and panties looking at him like a calf about to give birth, and he's just like. <laughs> And he's just like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm I'm confused. I'm a gymnast. Drink a soda. I'm just, <laughs> just look at his dick saying, what am I supposed to do with this thing? I never yeah. I never dreamed it would happen to me until, you know. Uh, Hello, letters to Penthouse. Exactly. You know. It's so, like, I'm here. This is the longest four-play session ever. But, uh, you know, here. I I'm taking in. off my top. I'm, I'm getting myself wet for you. Does that turn you on? No, not really. Nope. No. I like my shirt collar, though. I'm going to keep popping it. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I do love when they do the when they do the sex scene, how you get every single move that they make is done triple time. So it's like fall uh, down on the bed, fall down on the bed, fall down on the bed. You know, uh, roll over, roll over, roll over. It's like yes. watching a building explode. <laughs> From the same angle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because the last thing they could do in this movie is pull out, so of course it's from the same angle. <laughs> same oh angle. my god. Yeah, not 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 a fan. Oh, I, I, that surprises me. I thought you were as much as I do. What I, do I know? I don't know. Anything. Every once in a while, I don't know. Maybe I was just grumpy. What do I know? <laughs> All right, as far as I go, uh, I, I enjoyed myself watching this movie because it, it starts out, like, right away with Gene Simmons acting crazy with that terrible wig. I think the wig is best represented as terrible wig when he reveals himself that Carruthers is not Carruthers at all, but he's Ragnar. Like, we didn't just, know that beforehand anyway. <laughs> just taking stuff off and laughing maniacally. Who's flying that fucking helicopter? I have no idea, you know. <laughs> His eyeshadow, his eyeshadow was flying the helicopter by itself. It is sentient. Shopping with me, Bobek at the, at the makeup counter. Come on now. Um, yeah, he was great. Um, Stargrove, uh, young Stargrove, Mr. John Stamos, whose hair is omnipresent and can last forever and not, not move anywhere. You know, that Greek bastard. Love that guy. I, I can't help these things, you know. You goddamn failed television show making bastard. <laughs> Nobody wants Fuller House. I'm sorry, guys. I'm being bitter. Nobody wanted Aww. you again either, but you know, that was Christy. a thing for about a minute. Christy wants Fuller House. <laughs> of course she does. I want Fuller. I want Fuller Kimmy Gibbler. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that, but that probably was almost a thing. 
See? That's all right. Never too young to Kimmy. Oh, no. <laughs> I think another thing I wrote, I, well, I didn't write it. I had Christy write it, was I think that this whole movie seemed like it was ADR, like after the fact they put in the audio. Oh, there were lots of, I agree with that. There were spe- lots of spots that really stuck out. Like when they were, <laughs> when he met Vanity on the road and he had, he was on the bike and then uh, he jumped in the car with her and then they're driving down the road and suddenly you hear him go, Oh, my bike. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? And Brian's like, like, I think they had to. In- He's like, I think they felt like they needed to insert that because otherwise he was just leaving his bike. And I'm like, right. so I wonder if the line when he was leaving and he was talking to the guy and he was like, you probably won't see it again. I wonder if they put that in after the fact <laughs> because yeah. they're like, oh, shit, he just left his bike behind. We need to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, G- Gibbler Gobbles. There you go. There's your title. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done with that. No, Stamos is fun, but I do I do agree. There, there's a lot of lulls on this movie, which which is a problem with this movie. You needed maybe that scene where, you, like you guys said, he utilizes utilized his skills as a gymnast, and maybe like he got chased inside the gymnastics room at his college. And he was using the things around him to beat up bad guys. Right. Like, like, like he has mentioned the pommel horse and like maybe like he did something on the rings or he did something on the trampoline. And, you know, that would have been really something fun to watch. And is, is just, just had like one more action scene in this film for a film that doesn't have many action scenes. Well, then you just have fatal games, though. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm guess. just saying, Jamie, what you guys are complaining about, I'm just trying to make it better. You know. <laughs> I just want X to say that line one more time. That's all. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to make that my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, the, the stuff with, with Vanity, who's just she's, – she's just Vanity. Whether she's playing this role or she's playing the luscious Laura Charles in The Last Dragon or coked out whatever her name was in Action Jackson, it's just Vanity. She's not an actress. She's just kind of there. Not, <laughs> not, 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 not much, but she, she's just kind of there and, you know – shooting guns and I love I love old man Stargrove's garage of guns and munitions uh, all in one place with with the spinning doors and stuff like that and that that was pretty sweet and I always love films where they 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 magically find this piece of whatever and there's a scene in this film where young Stargrove finds some medallion or coin that his father that has had a spot <laughs> and all of a sudden he gets the, the power and strength of ten spies <laughs> yes. He just gains all these fighting skills. Just beat the crap out of people. He, when he touches this coin, he holds aloft his magic coin and says, "Stargrove." No, <laughs> that, yeah, he, he said that probably, but you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love how he accidentally drops the coin and it magically falls into the slot to open the secret realm where he keeps all his stuff. Hey, the, the floor was that. slanted. <laughs> And it lit up. <laughs> you also mentioned how when she jumped in that wall with the guns, how it spun around, showed the guns, and then spun right around, and then she magically had guns. Had a gun in her hand. It was like she was on the opposite side as the guns, and it kept going, and then she had a gun. It's there, like, was more, there was more guns and ammunition on the other side of the wall. There's your explanation, okay? Oh, boy. So you, oh. you, you got to understand that this is the kind of stuff that makes me love movies more. Oh, no. The inconsistency. Inconsistency. Whatever that word it's is. Okay. Yeah. We know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I love uh, 
the Ragnar's Drag Race and the, 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 his his singing and dancing number. That's kind of great, you know. And like Jamie mentioned, the the very uh, <laughs> I don't know what with, with Ragnar's outbursts are, but he he knew who he was, but he didn't know who he was. Almost like he was guessing. Hey, what's your name? My name is Bill Stargrove. Like he was trying to beat a confession of him or something, but not really. <laughs> It's like okay, here, here, Billy. Here's your picture. You know, uh, it's really strange, man. <laughs> this whole film is strange based based on Gene Simmons' performance. It ain't, it ain't no runaway. That's all I'm saying. Which is probably <laughs> the the aces of Gene Simmons' performances. You know, um, yeah, I, I like you know they did. Um, I, I like that she had a, a a cool car to drive, and he was driving a goddamn rice burner. That's not the American way, but I'm, I'm just throwing it out there, you know. It's like Kelly Lee calling his his bike. Um, what, was he really riding Harley Davidson in the Bad News Bears? I was always curious about that, X. Not to my knowledge, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was sure pushing that. Yeah. Like a motorcycle? Harley Davidson, you know? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole other movie, though, guys. I, I apologize oh for that little God. side. But, uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the action sequences of what he got were, were a lot of fun. You know, once, like I said, once he touched, he held, he touched a magic coin and got his spy powers kicking. I like the chase scenes where he's obviously chasing somebody and there's long shots of him and there's no one else on the road. It's just, he's not chasing shit. He's just going vanishing point. It's just... <laughs> Um, but as far as the film goes, I, I, I kind of got to agree with you that it's not as far as the film goes, you know, it's not very good. But as far as a, a time capsule of the way things were back in these days, as far as filmmaking goes, that the cheesiness of, of course, the Asian guy is the, the inventor. He's kind of like his cue, which was kind of neat because <laughs> he, he built a little fire blaster thing that really didn't work very well, you know. Mm -hmm. But it did it did save him at a pinch, which was uh, I guess important, you know. Shame he didn't have a boxing glove on the end of a fucking drying rack or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he would need he would need to be shorter and, and, yes. uh, and drive a car with wood blocks. Wear a big trench coat. Yes, I'm mixing up short round and data. <laughs> Hang on, lady, we go for a ride. <laughs> no time for love, Doctor Jones. <laughs> you cheat. <laughs> You cheat, Dr. Jones! <laughs> but best job Reese Davies line ever. Bad dates. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wrong movie. But Doesn't that's okay. matter. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. This is a fun movie. I, I'd, I'd say if you've never seen it before, you could say, hey, I want to watch a really crazy Gene Simmons experience. And, uh, yeah. This is better than Kiss Beats the Fan of the Park, i got to say that. I don't know what my rating is on that, but I'd imagine this would be about, about a little bit higher, I hope. But I'm going to leave it to uh, Jamie. Anything else you want to say about this film? Uh, now it's time. Uh, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I'm, uh, one thing I do have to say about that Stargrove outburst thing is his reaction to that. I mean, if, if you're in a room with somebody and somebody suddenly they go, Stargrove! I mean, it just doesn't seem natural to me to go, I'm sorry, should that name mean something to me? Um, because first of all, it's, I don't immediately think of, oh, that's a name. You know, I, I don't know. It's not like he said Jones or Smith or I think I would have just went, huh? You know, so I think he kind of gave himself away with that overly cool reaction. That's a little nitpicky, I know, but it just, it stuck out to me as weird. Yeah. Anyway, now I love this movie. I can't help it. It's, it's fun and ridiculous and you know, yeah, but you guys pretty much covered it all. 
great. Uh, Hugh and Christy. Uh, Christy, come on, you say something. Okay. Uh oh, gosh. I'll say something. Never mind. I found that it was really. I, I just. I just thought it was unnatural that Vanity's walking around completely without a shirt on to find a band aid to put right above her elbow. Why do you have to take your shirt off and walk around? And then he doesn't even notice it for like I don't know five lines of dialogue, and then he's like, "Oh, sorry." It's like. Hello, this is going on, and she's completely... Because he wasn't sorry. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, a gymnast. gymnast. <laughs> he's a gymnast. She's like, I have this little bitty Band-Aid. I have to take my whole shirt off to do this, to put this little Band-Aid right here above my elbow. Yeah. Oh, boy. No. I oh, but that. when Gene Simmons says garbage him, I was thinking, yes. I have to remember that because this movie was garbage. Garbage this movie. Oh. I didn't like it. Sorry. I just... I, it didn't make sense. It was so bad in so many ways, and I, you know how I feel about '80s movies, anyway. Sorry, you go ahead and say what you like now. Nah, it was great. You know. <laughs> of course, you just have to remember whatever's the opposite of Christy, whatever she says is the actual real life thing. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I loved it for all its, like Gary said, the nostalgic time capsule '80s cheesiness. I want it on Blu-ray. Do they got it on Blu-ray? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I've talked to you, Kino Loiber. I hope that's coming soon, you know. <laughs> Maybe you'll like it better on Blu-ray, Christy. A nice, crisp uh, picture. Because you, you've come, you've become quiet an HD snob. Thank you. It's yeah, a surround sound snob. I don't know what's great. <laughs> Did you at least like the Stargrove song in the beginning there? Because they made a song all about <laughs> him. I know. It was very, um, it was. It was very 80s. <laughs> and, and if I could find it, it's going to go on the next uh, montage playlist, I'll tell you right now, you know. There you go. What about the horns from the lovemaking scene? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sexy saxophone time. When he finally forgot he had a boner. <laughs> Chrissy, that's that's the 80s, man. I Sexy know. time, you got to have saxophone. Come on now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Mr. Martin, how you doing, sir? What's your final thoughts on the movie? I'd have rather seen a 20-minute-long seduction scene between Gene Simmons and John Stamos than John you know Stamos what? and Vanity. You were not wrong, because maybe you might have figured it out better. You know? <laughs> right? I mean, I guess if you look at it, this as the story of a, of, of, of a young man who's trying to find his way, maybe it kind of works that way, but I don't know. Again, oh, there, there, there could have been a scene in this already weird movie where Ragnar and Mr. Young Stargrove get together. And since, you know, they make it a point to say that Ragnar is a hermaphrodite and how disgusting that is. Yeah. What's all the, oh, my God. There's so much. Hate. Like, oh, hey, it's like, hey, Lance, pick an organ and then resolution. Are you gay or are you straight? Or maybe you're <gasps> bi. I am a woman <laughs> and a man. <laughs> They should she have, has both there, Christy. See, they should have gotten together and made Jesse and the Rippers. That that would have been okay. Oh. Ripping his asshole wide open. There, there you oh. go. Boom. There's <laughs> Gary saying what I did not. Very good, sir. <laughs> I did hate how he got so racist, a sexist at the end there, where he was he was all uh, crying, like fake crying to fake. Not a woman. He's like, oh, you are just like a woman, aren't you? And I'm like, fuck you, dude. I kick your ass. Right? 
Oh my god! Yeah, that 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 part at the end, like oh, I I don't know, they played off like a, almost like Catwoman in, in Batman Returns. Like, how can you hit a woman that she beats the fuck out of him? That kind of deal. If if Ragnar p- pulled off some stuff like that, I've been more happy about it, you know. But yeah, it didn't happen. He went out like a bitch, or she went out like a bitch, or what's the proper term for this person? I don't even know. The he she went out like a bitch, you know. Put it that yeah, way. The finger. <laughs> Oh my god! But um, we'll do ratings now, I guess. Uh, Hugh Christie, what is your rating one to ten? A Never Too Young to Die. Uh, I give this one a. I'll give it a seven. Three. <laughs> Seventy-three, Christie. No, that's I'm more giving than, it a three, oh. and you're giving it a seven. So there you go. Glorious, Jamie Jacobs. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll go seven too. I, this is it's got its flaws, but it's super fun for me. X. I will give it a four because uh, I did enjoy watching Ragnar burn and ate the village. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go with a four. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with like a six or so, six and a half, right in, right in the, right in the middle there. Um, yeah, I, I needed more action sequences in this movie for some reason, and I don't know what Stamos's capabilities were as far as that goes. But hair. if you didn't, ha- yeah, hair. Oh, the hair. <laughs> oh, the hair. Don't touch the hair, man, you know. He works a long time on his hair. He was awful good at walking around with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> and, then, and then you hit it. You hit my hair. No, that was terrible. Well, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this is next because I, I think it needed more action sequences as far as an action sequence goes. I didn't know who you would have got for this, though, to play a young action person in, in 1986. I really couldn't tell you. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll Tony Reyes Jr. Yeah, but he's, yeah, I guess, yeah, for sure. Doesn't matter how old he was, he was short. He was short. <laughs> he was lower to the ground. <laughs> and he is also still with us. Ah, oh, thank God. Stop talking about him in the past tense. I wasn't sure. He was sick for a while. <laughs> he's better now. Okay. Maybe it was our Turtles 2 commentary that, that helped him out. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Just so we could do surf ninjas in the future and he'll live forever. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> uh, but up next, we're going to go to Val Kilmer singing and swinging and saving the world in Top Secret right after this.
First guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant who then turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist only to lose her to a childhood lover who she'd last seen on a deserted island and who turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the French underground. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Got a girl named Daisy. She almost drove me crazy. Got a girl named Daisy. She almost drove me crazy. She walked me to the east. She walked me to the west. But she's the girl that I love best. So to the fruit. Welcome back to the Cinema Beef Podcast. We're going to talk about 1984's Top Secret, which I guess we're not allowed to talk about it, but we're going to, so just don't tell anyone. Talking, never mind. Anyway, this movie's got a 7.2 uh, on IMDb. That'd be a little bit higher than that. Here's the um, synopsis. It's a parody of World War II spy movies in which an American rock and roll singer becomes involved in a resistance plot to rescue a scientist imprisoned in East Germany. Yeah, it's pretty much... <laughs> of a wide-ass berth for review. It's kind of like saying, yeah, this movie is on film, but because there's so much more to it than just what's on IMDb. So, yeah, let's rap. Let's rap about this flick. Um, let's start with Jamie. What do you think? Oh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, the, This is fun for me. I had never actually seen this one before. You're kidding. No, I... Surprise the hell out of me because I love spoofs. I love these guys, and uh, I don't know. Although I don't know who the Martin guy was, I was like, "Who's that guy?" Um, but uh, the but I love Zucker and 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 uh, you know their names. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, they know how to spoof, you know, and they spoof. They just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And like for instance, in the like when the movie first starts, and you have the guy walk in and take off his helmet and the little strap from his helmet is just still there, like around his chin, <laughs> something that everyone may or may not notice that, you know, it's a little detail that's there and just for the hell of it. And why not? And I'm thinking who thinks of that? You know, I mean, there are some jokes that are obvious, but who thinks of that? Um, and then you've got, you know, like scenes where the, the train station is moving, but the train is standing still, which, I don't know, that just cracked me up for some reason. Or that, I know, a little German, he's right over there. Um, yeah, just, I was busted up. 
it just, it was really funny to me. I enjoyed it a lot. And the only thing that really bothered me were the Val Kilmer singing parts. And Oh, I like those parts. I was talking about. I don't know. It just kind of annoyed me because it was so clearly uh, not happening. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, while I was watching this, this is, Brian has seen this movie so many times. And so many times that he was just like, you know, predicting lines and quoting. And it was just uh, which doesn't bother me at all, because that's exactly what I do when I watch like Airplane. And uh, so that just made it extra fun for me that he was getting so much enjoyment out of it, because a lot of times when we're watching movies for the show, he doesn't. And, <laughs> but he suffers through them anyway. But this is one that he was actually looking forward to because he really, really enjoys it. And which made me think, you know, going in, I'm like, oh, okay, well, then I'm probably really going to like it. So I was in a good, I was in a good zone for it. And I did. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I can't imagine why I've never seen this movie before. I don't know how it flew under my radar. I really don't. But uh, I'm glad that this show came around and made me do it. You know, um, it's just, you know, like I, like I said, it's a classic spoof where they throw everything at the wall and just... And for me, most of it stuck. I think the majority of it stuck really hard. And uh, I don't think people spoof like that anymore. They just, I I think it's kind of a lost art. Uh, People don't seem to really get how to do it. But um, this one for me was successful. Excellent. You can, Christy, what did you think of Top Secret? Oh, man, you know. I don't know what happened the last time I saw this movie a couple of years ago. I was disappointed. I was like, man, that didn't hold up. And I don't know what I was thinking. And I even told Christy when we watched it the other day, I'm like, let's start with this one because. I know I don't like it. Yeah, like it's going to be the worst of them. And let's just go ahead and get out of the way. <laughs> and as we watched it, I was like, oh, my God, I love this movie. Right. I was, <laughs> yes. I was just popping. Something. Like Chrissy was just writing down. Every I kept time writing I, down everything just, you loved. You're like, write that down. Write that down. So I don't know what was going on the last time I watched this in my life. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But I love this movie. <laughs> and I, was, I was glad I got I was glad I watched it again, because if, if it wasn't for this show, I would have probably never gone back and looked at it because I don't know what it was the last time. But. Yeah, man, it's just, and then watching it, I remember, I've seen this movie, I mean, hundreds of times probably as a kid on HBO, just had it on in the background, because it was, I, I knew all the parts that were coming up, I was like, oh, Chrissy, <laughs> so I don't know, it was it was great, I liked it. I had never seen it, so when it started, I'm expecting a good traditional spy or comedy spy movie, I didn't realize it was a spoof, so they're out there. And they're skeet surfing, and I'm like, "What is oh, going so on?" So great, so great. And I'm like, "What is this?" And then I'm like, "Oh, it's a spoof movie." <laughs> this movie is so good with all just some little quick little hits, like Jamie said, with the the, the chin strap. Chin strap. Yeah. And they're just, and the, that's the that's the parts that really just get me. Sometimes when they're trying to be funny, that's not. But it's just those little quick little. If you notice some things that are hilarious and they just keep coming, like I told Chrissy, I'm like, just stop trying to write stuff down because you're you're going to miss it because it's just like. But you kept telling me to write stuff down. <laughs> like the horse. <laughs> He's just a little horse. <laughs> oh, my God. There's just so much. I, I, yeah. I mean, you just the have East to... German elite, like, women's Olympics team was 
I, I called it. I said, they're going to be men. What? <laughs> they were. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, you just have to see it. I mean, you can't describe it. It's just something you got to see. Gary. Okay. I know you're chopping at the bit to get into this, dude, and I'm just going to probably oh, just chime in with you. Oh, I am, man. This is a really fun movie. Like they they mentioned, it, it, the way it starts is that they, they made that song, Skeet Cheating USA, which is basically a, a take on the Beach Boys song, Surfing USA. But sung, and all these songs are sung by Val Kilmer, apparently. And I think that's just wonderful, you know? Um, but the way, it's, the way the song starts, I was like, if every girl had a 12-gauge or some shit like that, I was like, yeah, that is so overly American, it's not even funny, you know? <laughs> Oh, and it, it is a, it's it's a fun listen just to hear Val Kilmer sing these songs. In my opinion, I, I'm like I'm like anti not anti Jamie, but like the opposite of Jamie on on this. You know, I, I, just I love don't it. think he's a very good singer. And no, so but I'm just, I this, just I'm sorry. You know, I mean, and the fact that it was clear that it was not happening at that time. You know, like it just felt I don't know. It was it felt very disconnected to me every time he did that. It was like he was I don't know. I, like he, when he sings along with the jukebox, and I'm oh, like, yeah. but there are no words clearly because the words he's singing are the words that are there. So it's just an instrumental on the jukebox, and you're just it was like a karaoke jukebox. Oh <laughs> god, it just felt disconnected to me. I love his Marty McFly moment where he's he gets up on stage and they don't want him on stage, but he he thought it's for somebody else obviously, and he makes the band play tutti frutti, but they can't keep up. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's almost like, like like Marty McFly saying, "All right, guys, uh, play with me and uh, look for the changes and in, in whatever you know." And they, he goes and Johnny be good, and all of a sudden they they don't want to play with him, and you know that that was pretty awesome. And uh, I, I, lo- I, I when I was a kid, this is why I love this film so much. Probably I, I was force fed those Elvis films. I mean, I watched a lot of them because uh, I had people in my family that were Elvis fanatics, and I, I watched Viva Las Vegas and GI Blues. And all those Blue films. Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. I've watched Kids them all. Cousins. Man, oh. we fucking loved Elvis in my house. Or as my grandmother called him, Evelis. <laughs> 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 you had to respect Evelis in my house. <laughs> but um, th- this is what that film reminded me of. Like, like Val Kilmer was, and he even did the Elvis moves. Like the Elvis, you know, hip shake and, and leg shake, all that stuff. And like if Elvis was thrown in a World War II movie. And that, that's what this film reminded me of, and it, that made it all that much more fun. I, I love uh, anything. The, 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 problem, the, the great thing about these movie, this movie is that that makes it better than Spaceballs, I'll say, is that the jokes in this movie, there's only a couple that, that, that linger in the 80s, whereas most of the jokes in Spaceballs linger in the time that the film was made. Like, I, I love the scene where they're, they're, they're crawling into the base and... You see a pair of boots. You think of this person there. He looks up, and it's just a pair of boots. Like, why would that be there? Mm-hmm. But it's, right. it's, it's yeah, funny as hell. Funny. That was really funny. It got me. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the part. The part with the cow. <laughs> <laughs> they were arguing. All of a sudden, you see that bull. You know what's going to happen. And then you hear the damn James got to preach. You hear the Jaws music as the bull's going to mount him. Yeah. <laughs> And that what I appreciate about that is they love using Jaws music in their spoofs, which I think is is they must have like paid for the rights to that song, and they're like we're fucking using this, man. 
<laughs> the, the, the other part with the cow where the the little the little baby cow is sucking on the teats and he's like he's sucking on his thing but how is that possible I mean, you don't know but i love the, the real cow the wearing rush? the real cow wearing boots that was oh. cracking me up just watching the cow run around wearing boots i was laughing my ass off um yeah there's there's lots of fun stuff i i love the scenes where um for, for for no reason, you can tell this is totally filmed on a soundstage where they're, they're, they're him and the, the 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 love interest are talking, and they're just hanging from those parachutes, and like you can just tell they're just <laughs> hanging, dangling there. They're not really falling, but they're just kind of hanging out, you know. Um, What's with all the fireplaces? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> they roll into one fireplace, and then they cut to another fireplace, and when they're jumping out of the airplane, there's a fireplace. Like oh boy. It's romantic. I, I love I love the part where um the black guy the only black commando whose name is Chocolate Moose, you know. <laughs> yeah, all their names are food. He hears the noise and all of a sudden, for some reason, he has a giant mallet with him and he smashes whatever little critter is making that noise. This, there's a lot, this film was filmed with little stuff that'll make you laugh, and I, I was I was chuckling lately. Like Jamie mentioned about. Yeah, I know a little German. Look, there he is over there. And it's just a, a, a little German. It's a it's a little person German. They call him Midget Beck these days, I'm sure. It kind of reminded me of that scene in another Zucker movie, Mafia, where for some reason they, they have a, an, an, an Eskimo cousin. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Or whatever he says, you know. I'm like the only person, I think, that likes that movie. <laughs> oh, it's funny as Unless hell. you do. Okay, good. Yes. I love that movie. Um. Yeah, I'm going to leave it to X. Now, X, what do, you, what do you think about this movie, man? Everybody talks about this movie. Oh, it was the same guys who did Airplane and Naked Gun. And it's true, but this is also the same guys who did Kentucky Fried Movie. And Top Secret's got a lot more in common with Kentucky Fried Movie than does Airplane or Naked Gun. I like any movie that has managed to sneak in that many butt sex jokes and still get a PG-13. <laughs> That whole bit with the anal intruder, that shit's funny. I don't care. Oh, oh God. That is some funny shit. That's some but Kentucky Fried movie is a whole nother level. Like, that is, that movie is, is like, the pinnacle of, I mean, you, I don't know. I don't think anything gets near, gets close to that. Well, I don't either, but I think this one really tries. All they're missing is Big Jim Slade. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Everyone. Isn't everyone missing? I think so. But I also really love, I mean, there are always visual gags in, in their movies, but gods, the ones with just the big stuff in this movie crack me up where there's something really up in the forefront and somebody walks from the kind of like the background and comes in to, to interact with that thing. And the thing is huge. Like right. the telephone. <laughs> He picks up the phone and the phone's like it's like a four foot long handset. It's just hilarious. Um, the watch they they zoom on the watch and then it's just giant on the guy's wrist. And you were talking about the uh, the, the the French commandant. There's that one. His name is Deja Vu. Yes. <laughs> Have I met you before? Deja Vu. <laughs> Haven't I seen you before? You look familiar. He's like, no, I don't think so. And then he just gives him this little side glance right afterwards. It's so perfect. I don't know. Are, are people even aware what the fucking Blue Lagoon is anymore? Or do they realize that that's what they're making fun of there towards the end? I don't even know. I don't even care. I just think it's hilarious. I love this that's movie. The, that's the one thing, I guess, is that a lot of 
younger people may not get some of the jokes or references in a movie like this because it it, it can be very dated and they don't give a fuck. It's like we're gonna make fun of whatever we want to make fun of. Either you get it or you don't. And like, well, if you have, if you have, I respect seen, the hell out of that. Like if you haven't seen The Great Escape, you would never get the the tribute to you know when Val Kilmer's character sees the the army motorcycle, he drives up on the army motorcycle. You know, you you, you would never get that if you didn't see The Great Escape. Well, you also wouldn't. You wouldn't if you did if you weren't. Gods, why can't I talk anymore? Okay, shh. Three, two. Okay. If you didn't understand that there used to be a, such a thing as the Berlin Wall, you wouldn't even understand why people couldn't get the fuck out of East Germany, you know? So, I mean, from almost from the get-go, this thing is dated. Good point. Oh, my God, that national anthem is hilarious. Oh, my God, it is. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's just, if you look at it as an old movie that's making fun of older movies, that was still funny when it came out, but it's probably funnier now, actually. Now that it's had time to kind of, you know, mellow and, and and kind of get some history to it. I don't know. I just, I think I think it works, and I like it a lot. So hey, I think that's a good point. It because it because of that you know the age on it, it forces you to call up things that you don't think about it on an everyday basis anymore. That you don't constantly that aren't in the forefront of your mind, which to me makes them even funnier because it's, you know, it's a recall thing. And yeah, yeah that's cool. That's a good point. So does anybody else have anything they'd like to say about top secret before we rate it? Oh um, yeah. I'll run in here real fast. It, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think that there's, you guys mentioned that it's dated. I, I don't think there's that many dated jokes in there, except for like, there's one at the end where they say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never have a, uh, a pres uh, an actor for a president, that kind of thing, referring to Ronald Reagan, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's 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 very 1980s. And but as far as the gags go, that they they really hold up. I mean, I, I was busting up. I, I just don't get that effect from many films like this. You know, it, it, they were made in the year they were made, and unfortunately, you get jokes like the Dubman twins gag and in, in, uh, in Spaceballs, and there's other gags in Spaceballs that you may not get if you're a younger person watches you might think they're really stupid but this one i think that they made the gags enough not not relevant but make them like where everybody can laugh at them even if you're young or old because i think this is pretty safe for 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 kids to watch except for the fact that you know that that great anal intruder joke and stuff like that <laughs> there. with the giant yeah, and fist. the calendar the calendar was topless yes yes the, i was like how did they sneak that in there <laughs> The giant fist on Anal Intruder was hilarious. Oh my gosh! But um, yeah, I'll kick it to you, Jamie. Anything else you want to say about it? No, I mean it's it's classic, and I can't believe I ever missed it. Glad I saw it, and it was really fun. Yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> Christy and you, you go because uh, you started to so talk. Much to Christy's chagrin, is that right? <laughs> this has made me want to watch a lot more spoof movies. Like I'm thinking of the spoof movies that we need to watch. Oh, boy. It's a guy. But no, I, I, I think Gary's right. To me, when I think about it, this is probably, you know, one of the best. And I get what you're saying with the gags. You know, there there's a lot more timeless gags that can hold up. You know, I know Blue Lagoon, like, just came around, I guess, when the Blue Lagoon movie was pretty big. So they always got to have that where they hit on something big that's current. So, but... There was enough to this that 
that uh, stood the test of time. Like the big pigeon statue with the people landing on it. There's <laughs> <laughs> too much. This is way too much. All the all the little touches make this make this great. I liked whenever she was telling her really sad story about being lost as a child, and he starts telling how he got lost in Macy's from his mom. And then, he, then he worked in the preteen maternity. I was like, did you catch that? Really? It's like, your story's pretty sad, but listen to mine. He's like, lives it at Macy's his whole, his whole life the time he's like five years old. It's like, it, turns, wow. it turns into a song, of course, you know. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a pretty fun movie. Mm -hmm. Dad is almost done with his tunnel. He's like, oh, (laughs) tomorrow I'll get done with my tunnel. He had that small scoop of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) X. I don't even know what else to say about it, man. I love this movie so much. I remember seeing it with my, um, oh, God, I saw this with my grandmother back in 84. And um, she didn't really want to talk about the annual intruder joke, and I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> asking. So it was one of those things where you just kind of instinctively realize, I'll understand this later. I'll get this now. I don't have to, but that's okay. Um, yeah, there's there's really nothing about this movie I don't like. Some of the jokes fall flat. Most of them don't. It's it's good. Fair enough. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I was laughing the whole time, though. I only saw bits and pieces of this, but I'm pretty sure they – Ran this on HBO quite a bit back in the day. I was too busy watching other Kilmer fairs such as Willow and Real Genius over and over again. Yep, yep. You know, but uh, this this was a real not really a surprise. It's made by the Zuckers, where you know you're going to get some great gags in this film. But I was busting up laughing, and I love the Elvis aspect of the film because if you love those Elvis films, I think you'll have a great time watching Val Kilmer ham it up as that Elvis character type character in this film and. And, uh, yeah, real fun. But, uh, we'll shoot into ratings now, I guess. Jamie, what is your rating for Top Secret? Uh, this is like a nine. I, I think way more stuff sticks than falls to the floor uh, in this movie. And it's, it's, I would just love to be in the writing room when they're putting this together because that has to be a riot. Uh, yeah, I, not much to complain about here. Very little. Uh, Christine Hugh. I, I shot this one at eight. I'll give it a six and a half. What? <laughs> Fine. I, I give it I give it an eight and three quarters. Okay. There you go. Uh, X. I give it an eight also, but just because there's no big Jim Slade. So. <laughs> but you do have chocolate mousse, though. That's Yeah, but that's not Yeah, but quite... he doesn't come busting through the wall. That's right. <laughs> to a record. <laughs> I should call him Ch- Chocolate Moose, not Chocolate Mouse, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. As far as I... I'm right, I'm right with Jamie with that nine. Chalky there, there, undertaste. <laughs> yes, that chalky undertaste. He doesn't yes. have an undertaste. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ro, you know. It's just rape. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, <laughs> if it's, well, it's going to be that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. The chocolate mouse. <laughs> I can't do his impression of her. I can't do. <laughs> it's 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 a nine though. The the gags are spot on. The laughs are spot on. Mel Kilmer 
is the coolest he's ever been, probably as far as, you know, playing the king of cool, basically, Elvis, you know, in this movie. So you got all of that. Eblis? Yes. <laughs> the coolest still ever would be Mad Morgan for me from Willow. So that, that's that's just my, my opinion, though. What One man's opinion. Just watching him flip that sword makes me happy every time. Um, But yeah, that's, that's all of our ratings. And uh, with that, we'll lead you guys into our last film, starring the great Richard Grieco. And if looks could kill, right after this. If everybody had a 12 and a surfboard too, see him shooting and surfing, hear them bell up Totally pinching, riding waves to glass clay pigeons. And it's so neat shooting ski while you're riding on the heavies all day. First wave, don't get tired. Second wave, don't get tired. Third wave, don't get tired. Don't get tired. We're waxing down our surfboards, loading up our tracks. Tell the teacher we're shooting, we're never coming back. I've got a gun rack in my Chevy, when the surf and the flak is heavy. We'll have fun with our guns till our lifeguard takes our ammo away. First wave, don't get us hired. Second wave, don't get us Third wave, pull on us higher. makes mistakes. Take me, Michael Corbin. I was just your average underachiever flunking out of high school. And the only way to graduate was by taking a class trip to Europe with a French club. Michael Corbin, first class. First class? How? Ow! I think there's been a mistake here. 
which led to a case of mistaken identity. Walk quickly, they already know you're here. Hey, what are you doing? Eric Richards and British intelligence. They turned me into a secret agent. Well, just who do you think I am? Michael Corbin, deep cover agent for the CIA. Michael Corbin, French class reject. Suddenly, I'm filling someone else's shoes. They'll adhere to any surface. And driving the company car. Get out of town. I can drive this baby out of here right now. Yes. Piece of cake. I can just figure out how to get the window down. Yeah, funk driver's ed, too. I'm not complaining. They're gorgeous women. Bonsoir, Monsieur Goldman. Uh, boner. Soir. <laughs> there can be no more mistakes. Kill him. And dangerous men. Now, all I have to do is rescue a beautiful girl. We're all gonna die! No, Corbin's here. That's what I mean! Save Europe. We'll graduate high school. Who are you with? The French Club. Hey, no problem. Richard Grieco, if looks could kill. Okay, next up is If Looks Could Kill from 1991. The synopsis for this is when Michael Corbin, along with the rest of his high school French class, set out for a trip to France, he runs headlong into international intrigue. Agent Michael Corbin has just been disposed of by the evil forces of Augustus Tronco. When it's learned that Michael Corbin is alive and well and still on his way to France, he's besieged by both the good guys and the bad guys, including Vesta Rose. British intelligence outfits him with a series of James Bond-like gizmos, and Storanko sends more would-be assassins after him. Can Michael stop the evil Storanko's plans for European domination? Dum, dum, dum. I don't know. <laughs> I don't this, know. Uh, this movie was put together by Fred Decker, Darren Starr, uh, which, you know, let your mind be blown right there for a minute, and uh, directed by William Deere, starring Richard Grieco, Linda Hunt, Roger Reese, and, you know, other folks. Fair enough. Gabrielle Anwar. Yes. <laughs> she was a big thing for a while. Yeah, I couldn't think of her name. I was like, wait, I had to scroll down. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, basically, Richard Grieco is on his class trip to go to France and then gets all mixed up and ends up being a a bootleg James Bond, interestingly enough. Beautiful. Uh, who wants to start with this one? How about Hugh and Christie? Oh, man. Well, I, out of these three that we watched, this was my least favorite, but that's no indictment on the movie it's because the other ones were so enjoyable, but... I remember seeing this one a lot, too, I guess, on HBO as a kid. They played this one quite a bit. And uh, Richard Grieco, you know, just he's so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy his, uh, his, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm actually doing stuff like blowing up enemy cars and stuff without <laughs> actually knowing that I'm a spy. So I really like that aspect of it. He just falls right into it, what he's doing. Right. You know, there's foreshadowing in the beginning whenever he's he's failed French. He goes, oh, let's start with the big, huge school behind the little tiny graduating class. Let's go there first. It's like there's this huge school and there's like 30 people graduating, if even. It's like, what's up with that? But okay. So then his dad's like, you don't think everything's just going to fall into your lap, do you? And then all this stuff for the whole movie just keeps falling into his lap. 
He just keeps going with it and he keeps making it work. So, you know, good um, for him. You got the hair, you got the looks. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the hair. All three of these movies, they had good hair. There should be a movie that has all three of these, like, main characters together. Together? Yeah. It might exist I, and I might not know about it. I think the screen might, ex- screen might explode. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you get pregnant just by watching it. <laughs> oh, but also like the incomplete big red stamp on the diploma. It's like, oh, we have to send him to Paris now because he failed. It's, it's, yeah, let's totally do that. It's this, this movie was so ironic in so many ways. But um, yeah. What else you got on that one? Oh, not much. Not <laughs> much. <laughs> and credits. Back to you guys. <laughs> X, what did you think of if looks could kill, sir? You know, I bet you're thinking, since I hated Never Too Young to Die, that I hated this one, too. But you are wrong. Love this movie. Hey. This movie's hilarious. <laughs> Jesus. No, this movie works because it's just really well written, which makes sense considering who, you know, wrote the thing. But it's one of those movies where you know something about every character that you come across and more so than just, oh, I'm the French teacher or, oh, I'm the weird friend who shaves with a McDonald's cup. You know, there's they have things about them that make you feel like you know them and that makes them seem very real within the context of the film. So... That and getting to know the bad guys and fucking Linda Hunt with that awesome whip necklace and S and M right there, dude. I love that necklace. I'm so glad it makes a second appearance because it's the kind of it's a gadget that is so cool. You don't only want to see it once, right? Yeah, everything about everything about the people in this movie is is cool to the point where you want to keep seeing them over and over again, even if they're bit players. So I think that really makes it a solid story, and the characters are just a lot of fun to um, watch interact. Even Gabriel Anwar, who I don't even like to say her name, just because, you know, Anwar, that's just weird. But, yeah, I love this movie. I had a great time with it. I like the... I like the... <laughs> the gadgets were hilarious. I thought they were extremely funny. Didn't they use the fucking plastic explosive gum in the first Mission Impossible movie? What, the red light, green light thing? Yeah. The gum? Yes. Yes, they used it, yeah. Blew up the aquarium it with much, it. It, it. It was much It was much more dramatic when Tom Cruise did it, though, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> when, he blow, when he blows up John Boyd in the end, spoilers, you know. Yeah, well, Tom red Cruise... Red light! <laughs> Tom Cruise can make taking a piss look dramatic. Um it's obvious Greco's too old for high school, but, you know, so what? He was too old for high school in Jump Street. It still worked. So, yeah, I just, this was just a nice kind of easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl uh, movie. Lots of shit blows up. Nice car. A lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. First time I'd seen it, too. So, there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Well, because I thought it was going to suck, like Never Too Young to Die. So, I avoided it. <laughs> oh. oh man yeah, as far as I go I just had a revelation myself when I was looking at the IMDB because I, I was a 21 Jump Street fan I still am I'll still turn on the show and enjoy the first I don't know well, most of it I'll say and I just realized that the Booker had a spinoff so I'll be looking for that now that's all I'm saying you know this Booker on the show uh, Richard Rico's character was uh, 
Johnny Depp's replacement when he when he went off the show. So a little trivia for you kids who don't know nothing about 80s television. 20 Jump Street is not bad, and I still uh, I love those movies too. So there you go. But as far as Rico in this movie, he uh, <laughs> he was a lot of fun because he was doing his his Rico. I can't explain this. He's just one of those guys that exudes cool. I mean, those guys in the Roxbury movie were were not not selling them short at all. You know, <laughs> how cool Rico was because he he um he had the car, he had the girl, and I I, lo- I love how uh, in this movie. You know, they this kind of James Bond light. I mean, you had you had the Q, you know, aspect with the gadgets. You had a a character which you know versus femme fatale, known as Areola Canasta, <laughs> which was hilarious that you call it, have a character called Areola Canasta. You know, a, a lot of vagina. You know, much like in those Austin <laughs> Powers movies. Which you know, I, I keep waiting for somebody to make a joke about. You know. That third Austin Powers movie about Goldmember, you know, because the whole plot of this movie is is uh, them stealing, I guess, all of Europe's gold and making it down to a smelting thing so they can melt it all down and make it clean, I guess. But uh, there's a scene where the, the, the henchman, and, which is pretty awesome, he has a metal hand and the metal hand has, does different things and that that's that's always fun. And he gets his hand stuck in the gold and all I could think about was that, that thing where... He lost his penis in an unfortunate smelting accident, and that, that's all I could think about the whole time was Goldmember, you know, picking scabs and eating them, you know. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, the, 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 the chase stuff was a lot of fun with the different gadgets on the car. He couldn't figure out how to roll the windows down, so he just kept on, like, shooting the parachute out the ass end and shooting rear rockets and, you know. Uh, the, the, the French teacher, I love how the French teacher became a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like she was like a secret agent, but the, she wasn't. And, you know, we've got to get the French teacher. I was like, thought that was hilarious, but she really doesn't do anything with it. Like bitching every time she saw Michael Corbin. What am I going to tell his mother? Shit like that. And, you know, and I love how his reward for failing high school is, is going to France. And like you said, everything just falling into his lap with, with the girl and the car and the first class ticket and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, but the girl, uh, Gabriel Anwar, who I couldn't stand for so long because there was a movie she was in, and I'm sure this is a very girly movie, so Jamie, you might have seen this before, called The Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, about a blind girl who jumps a horse off a diving board. Uh, <laughs> I know the movie, but I have not. No, I have oh, never seen my, it. My I sister, do know of it, though. My sister watched the fuck out of that movie, and she was the star, so I was like anti her for a while. You know, so it may have hurt my viewing experience of this film. But then she came on Burn Notice and she got hot because she she wasn't I wouldn't call her ugly. And I wouldn't call myself call myself pretty. But she she ripened with age, but much like Ashley Lawrence, who played Kirsty from those Hellraiser films. Because if you see her now, she's a lot more attractive than she was back in the day. Um, Yeah, the, the villains were a lot of fun. I support Linda Hunt with that with that whip and her just going in different outfits in different places. That, that was fun because seeing this tiny woman just being as menacing as she possibly could be, you didn't see that a lot of Linda Hunt, so I'd imagine she had a lot of fun with this role, just being the bad guy for once and, you know, not being like this little meek little lady because she's, she's a small lady, so yeah, I'd imagine know. she doesn't get... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't really think about her as being a, you know, a comedic actor. I think of her as a man from the Year of Living <laughs> Day. Well, the Year of Living Dangerously, and I think of her as the shout-out Mapes the housekeeper 
from Dune. Did anyone get my She Devil reference that I made earlier? Mm, it's been a while since I seen that movie, wow. Jamie. Oh, it was when I mentioned Vesta Rose. That was the name. That was her name was actually Hooper in that movie, but Vesta Rose was the agency that they created, the talent of uh, the employment agency. But that's what I. That's immediately what I always picture her from is She Devil. I don't know. And that, and that was the time where we were eating that Roseanne bar shit up. I remember we had, if you remember this TV film that Roseanne was, this is a total aside here, where she played football with other house moms called Backfield in Motion. Yes. Oh. We had that recorded on VHS back in the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I got to get out this Roseanne kick. But, yeah, the, 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 all the stuff was fun. They, they kidnapped the class, and the, the end, end scenes were fun. It was like, oh, I don't know how that works, but him fr- freezing, flash freezing the, the the gold with the with the liquid, <laughs> with the nitrogen. Yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, this, this was uh this was all around a good time. If you're looking for James Bond light, that'd be about the best way I could describe this film. It had every all the elements of a James Bond film, just not as is you know goodly done. But it's done for a teenage audience. I think it works for that reason. Um, I'll stick it to you, Jamie. Anything else you want to say about this film at all? I, yeah, I haven't said anything. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Jamie, what do you think about if looks could kill? <laughs> I love this movie. I saw this movie in the theater because my 17-year-old self loved 26-year-old Richard Rico back then. Um, I think this is so fun. It's a little bit of James Bond, a little bit of Indiana Jones, even, because uh, that's what the whole cage over the molten gold reminds me of every time. It, Kalima! Yes! <laughs> um, He's the kind of guy that you just know everything, like how everything lands in his lap in this movie. You know that's the way he goes through life. You know, just, he just things are just handed to him and given into him. But I don't think it's not, he's not an asshole. Like he doesn't take it for granted. I don't think he even realizes the, the necessarily the, the power that he wields at walking through life. But cause you know, he's got a good heart and he's, um, he wants to help people. He wants to save people and he doesn't ever do anything malicious. You know, he's, Kind of a fuck up. I mean, that's sort of a, a given, or rather, I guess, kind of lazy. Maybe he doesn't follow through. That is stated numerous times in this movie. He doesn't follow through, but he's not a bad guy, and so I think he makes a fantastic hero. You know, he's charming and fun, and he's the kind of person that you'd want to be around. And you know, he also has a really good heart and wants to do the right thing. So. um and I think Rico fits that role very well. Like, I don't know what the hell he's doing now or what he even looks like now. Or I don't know anything about it. But back then, I think he landed right in that role perfectly. And uh, this is like a little time capsule for me, just personally. Just watching this movie, because I haven't seen it. Shit, I don't think I've seen it. I think I've seen it once. I saw it in the theater. I, want, I saw it once after it came out on video. And that's probably it. So it's been about 20 years since I've seen this movie. And this just immediately took me back. And uh, that was so fun and nostalgic. And um, and I think it holds up pretty well today. I think people who have never seen it before, uh, who are even are younger and don't even know who Richard Grieco is, I think they could still get some enjoyment out of this because it's just a fun, it's got some fun chase scenes and, um, yeah, that whole thing where he can't figure out the car and he's just 
shooting off gadgets and doesn't even know what the hell he's doing. That cracks me up every time. Um, you know, I, I don't know. This is just, I will, I am going to stand by X's comment about this being well-written because I think that that is one thing that stands out more than anything else is that this really wouldn't work no matter how charming Richard Grieco is. It really wouldn't, or, or his hair, it wouldn't work if it wasn't well-written. And that's what makes this movie stand out is that it is put together well Everything works. It's very clever. You know, like you mentioned, Gary, with the French teacher and all of that. It's it's woven in very carefully. And you can tell that there's some skill behind this script. And that makes all the difference in the world. So, yeah, it's it's a good one. And I'm done. <laughs> That's it. Hello? Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello? All right. Well, how about this? Does anybody else have anything else that they want to say about the movie or anything else about anything else? <laughs> I enjoyed it. Chrissy, did you like it? Of all three of these movies, this is the only one that I had seen prior. And, of course, it's been like 20 years. But the only thing I remembered was the French teacher. That's the thing that stuck out more than anything else is just the French teacher. And I think it's because it's such a big deal, like trying to figure out who is the French teacher. We have to get the French teacher. And the way they kept changing drivers, I thought that was pretty smart. A way to put comedy in there because their driver just kept changing over and over again and like she never questioned it she was just like she just kept going oh, with yeah. it you know yeah, yeah. and I thought that was funny and then Fast I thought it was kind of driver. <laughs> and they kept telling bonjour whoever he was but um, also that they just knew how to use a Uzi at the end like they just all automatically like <laughs> Richard Grieco's like I totally know how to use this even though I'm a high school student I mean, and then he tells well, he tells her, you are the French teacher, and she, like, ties her Rambo bandana on her head, and she's like, I know how to use this Uzi now because I am the French teacher. So you want so. you want a spinoff French teacher <laughs> movie? Is that what you want? Maybe. If, I don't know. It could have been a thing. If looks could kill a French teacher. <laughs> the French teacher. Maybe so. I know you were confused so. about if there were... If if the uh, steering wheels on the cars were, I was like, wait a minute, are they doing this? Right? Oh yeah, okay. They're where are they at? Okay, they're good. So we had to look up on that. It's <laughs> like, wait a minute, where are they supposed to be? Because the they just keep driving and driving this whole time. Like the entire the class just spends the whole time in in France on a bus. Like that's all they do. No, I was talking about the steering wheel being on the oh yeah right side of the car. You was confused by that. I know. And then we looked it up on the map and. But, but, you know, in the end, it all worked out because he had to learn to follow through and he gets the credit. He earns the grade so he can graduate. So I guess it all worked out in the end. He fucking better earn the credit. (laughs) Saved him from dangling over molten gold, I would think. I hope that gets it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, like the line, they look like French fries. That was Oh, yes. (laughs) But did he really learn French? (laughs) No, not at all. <laughs> he learned how to ask, "Can you speak English?" That's <laughs> that's what I heard him say in French. So that's it. But it gets the credit, so it doesn't matter. And then he becomes an agent, so he's already got a job at a high school. He's doing better than most of us. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So where did Gary go? I was on mute, and I apologize for that. Oh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, if I had any major complaints about this film is that one of my favorite people in the world, the lead singer of what I feel is the greatest rock and roll band of all time, Roger Daltrey shows up in this film and he kind of goes out like a bitch. He's not wearing the cape. He's not wearing the cape, no, man. If he was wearing his Roger Daltrey cape, then he would have survived. And the, 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 the snowman with the with the cameras in it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> and that's so how he big. got found out. I forgot about the snowman, to mention the snowman, but there's a scene where Roger Daltrey, who plays the Asian called Blade, who's coming to do basically what Michael Corbin was supposed to do, and he gets taken out by some people, and he gets, he gets found out by a, a mechanical snowman in, in the snow, and, you know, that, that's kind of funny, you know, and, and uh, yeah, he kind of goes out like a bitch, and that kind of, you know, could, could upset me that, you know, Roger Daltrey went out that way, but he this is when he was in his acting mode. I think he was on Sliders for a stint. Watch, Mc, watch McVicker, you'll feel better. Yes. <laughs> he's he's uh, in that great Tales of the Crypt episode with Steve Buscemi where they're, they're, they're photogra- war photographers. Oh my God, I haven't seen uh, that. Oh, really? That's a good one, dude. You should watch that. It's pretty good. But as far as the film goes, Greco was fun. The gags were fun. The spy stuff was fun. The writing was great. You had good villains. I think this is a this is a win win for all of anybody who wants to watch this movie. Never seen it before, so yay! I want that whip choker thing. <laughs> That's I badass. Think, I don't think the physics work, Jamie. That's all I'm saying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jamie! Anything else you want to say about the film? No. Fair enough. <laughs> Take us out, extra. What else you want to say about the film? Take us out, or else I'll tenderize your butt. Oh my god. <laughs> Wrong movie. <clears throat> no, nah, I really I really enjoyed this movie and I recommend it to everyone who has eyes. <laughs> Great. Uh ratings. Hugh and Christy. Uh, I give this one a seven. You give it a seven too. Oh my gosh. What? Let's hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Eight. Eight sounds great. Yes, indeed. Mr. Mister Martin X, what do you think, sir? I also give it an eight. Yeah, it's right up there with an eight. There's very little wrong with this film. It's not really dated, which can be really easy to make a film like this dated. You're watching it for a night, film from 1991, you know, and, and uh, watching it now make it feel very dated, but it, it doesn't. Everything's very fun. Everything's very well put together. So it gets an eight for that reason. And I recommend all three of these films. Whoa. Yes. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, oh, <laughs> but uh, with that, we'll be right back to close out the program. Hugh loves horror movies. I like them cheesy. I like them gritty. I like them campy. I love them all. He married Christy. She hates them. I think they're senseless and upsetting. Listen in as Hugh searches through shelves of DVDs, VHS, and Blu-ray. There are too many of these movies on the shelves. We need to just start getting rid of them. In his never-ending quest to convert his lovely wife to the dark side. <laughs> Come to the dark side. In Christy Christie's
to explore the strange and unexplained, where the paranormal is normal and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of Podcasts. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. But we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm the least. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. <gasps> My films! Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! Ah, Chinema. Porkies? Meatballs, too? Enjoy your crap fest. <laughs> oh, go read the bell jar, you poser! Klaus, prepare to feast your eyes on the majestic grandeur of the silver screen. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons, and who will not? With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Survive it, demons. How could such a thing happen, Dr. Cabal? The ant's saliva must have gotten into Bill's bloodstream and gone straight to his brain, just as the radiation, which is measured in units called Rentgens, was released. And that's how he became a... Mant. For the kids of Key West, Florida, there was nothing scarier than a monster matinee. Lawrence Wolsey, the master of movie horror, exterminates you with 
Matt. The story of Matt is based on scientific fact, on theories that have appeared in national magazines. But in the fall of 1962, a series of offensive missile sites is now in preparation on the island of Cuba. They got the biggest scare of all. The country is on red alert. And what a perfect time to open a new horror movie. That'd be the best show to take a girl to. The whole world's gonna blow up anyway, so we should just do whatever we want. You know, last guy she went out was in a farm school. He did teach me a lot. What about? About my body. You think if the bomb were about to fall, she'd do it with me? <laughs> Wait till you see the feelers on this thing. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Some of it's stage lighting, some of it's magic show stuff, but the big studios, none of them have anything like it. Never ever turn one above six. This is it! From Joe Dante, director of Gremlins. You see what he's putting back? The showmanship. The bombs are falling! You think this is some kind of picnic for me? I'm still concerned about that bomb thing. A little question of taste? No, no, but your younger patrons, you could have some seat wetness. John Goodman. I love this business. Matinee. Man, I've seen this twice. Before the horror of Halloween. Before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street. Before them all, there was... Now, 15 years later, he's back. Oh, yes. Happening here that I've been looking for all of my life. There's smoke. Someone takes her hand. She's running. The same man comes towards her. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. Rated R starts Friday, February 1st at theaters everywhere. Well, thank you, Hugh and Christy, for coming on the show and uh, taking the time out for their busy churching and singing and songwriting and, you know, wrestling schedule to come on our Perlo program. <laughs> thank you, Gary and us. Jamie and X for having us on. Definitely. You guys are welcome anytime. I, I, I feel like uh, I hope you guys feel a part of our family because, you know, you guys made me feel welcome into your family. And that's a that's a rare thing. You know, <laughs> you want to hang out with somebody, you know, all, all the time. And uh, that's, yeah, right. that's a good stuff, man. Tell the folks uh, what you guys got coming up, if anything good. Uh, go to firepittv.com and that'll pretty much link to everything and subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel because we have. Well, we're trying to be pretty entertaining. We have we're we're ending the thirty day Juggalo challenge this oh, weekend, <laughs> and uh, and we'll see how our our co host Kevin comes out in the end. If he, he's still alive so far, so it's looking good. <laughs> so, so far, explain 
Thursday this, night. Explain this 30, 30 days of Juggalo uh, thing. Uh, well, Kevin decided, you know, we, we really just started Fire Pit TV, really kicked it off in January. And uh, <laughs> and Kevin just, just, I guess on a whim, said that he wanted he wanted to made a re- resolution that he was going to live as a Juggalo for 30 days mm-hmm. in the new year. And it became a thing, I guess. And and yeah, so. videos chronicling his journey. Yeah, he's had many threats from actual juggalos, and mm-hmm. he's had many actual juggalos who thinks it's a pretty funny deal. And and uh, it's 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 all about comedy and kind of parody. And I don't know, maybe he's really becoming one. I I, I had a juggalo experience that I'm going to share right here on this program, but uh. It was the first Comic Con I ever went to, and Violin J and the other guy were going to be at this Comic Con. So there was all these fucking juggalos in the crowd, and they were acting rowdy. And I don't know if you guys have been to one of these before, but they they put us put you either in like a big old hall or a big old like uh, you know a room where they would have another show, and they line you up. Well, they gave in their goodie bags like an instructional videotape of how to play the Pokemon card game, and they were like using them like boards like you would do karate like breaking boards and breaking them in the crowd and being all like they're in shit and you know oh no yeah i never i, I never had to restrain myself to kicking somebody who loves shitty rap music all my life but <laughs> I, I i restrained myself as a comic book fan yeah to, to not uh take out a couple of juggalos that day yeah yeah no i understand i understand it's a it's a very fine line uh, this juggalo thing so so yeah you gotta you know check check it out and get a good uh good chuckle out of the 30 day juggalo challenge he made a uh he made some a very he had a cooking show yesterday where he made some Get steaks the out of to make uh, the meals. He made steaks out of what was it tricks uh popcorn cheetos hot sauce cigarette ashes ashes fago fago yes fago <laughs> that's a secret ingredient and it, and it worked i don't know so Maybe there is something to this juggalo thing. Who knows? So anyway, that's coming up. Firepittv.com, and that'll link into Mysterious Boom, uh, my Rick. music stuff. That's supposed to be coming out soon, hopefully. I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> go there and check it out. Great. Uh, Mr. Martin, how you doing, X? What are you coming up, sir? Okay, the list is long, so bear with me. I'll try to make it very short. Um, the one thing that I have done recently that was a lot of fun is there's a new podcast out there called Out There. Out <laughs> Code. It is late. <laughs> there's a new podcast called Fancy and Friends, and it's um, Mark Ball. He used to be on the Midnight Horror Show. He's got his own deal now. And I got to do a Phantasm commentary with he and Ryan Lewis. And Beautiful. that's out there, and that was a lot of fun to do. So if you... If you've seen Phantasm enough that you can just kind of watch it in your in, in your brain theater while listening to us talk about that, then you should probably do that. <clears throat> in the meantime, um, good Lord, you can read my stuff at popshifter.com. Um, you can also find me at Dirge Magazine, and my horror fiction is on Amazon. If you want to hear my lovely, delicious, tasty voice, um, you can listen to us on Kiss the Goat. Um, of course, I'm always here on Cinema Beef. You can find me on the Guilty as Charged show, the Night Stalker Retrospective. Um, I'm on the Theme Warriors podcast and on the official Pop Shifter podcast. If you want to follow me, don't, because that's creepy. But you can uh, 
check out my Twitter, which is at Jeffrey X Martin, and my Facebook, which is Jeff.X.Martin. And I don't know what the hell else you want. You want my, my, my driver's license information? I can give that to But, yeah, that's where you can find me and how to reach me. Darling, light of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got coming up, baby? Well, we... <laughs> Uh, we just recorded a creep show retro for the skeleton crew. There should be a new devourer coming out any day now with some announcements being made on there. Uh, we have a new ABCs of hidden horror coming out. That's episode B. And, uh, you should check that out if you want to hear us talk about, you know, the B movies. Um, <laughs> and join us on our join us on our Facebook group page and get in the discussion on that one because it's it's really fun to find out what other people would talk about if they thought there were movies out there that weren't being talked about enough. Also, check out the latest Dark Regions Radio, which is the official podcast of Dark Regions Press, where Brian and I um, interviewed author John Langan and I read two of his little micro stories. Uh, there are two because they're so very short and that was really fun to do. Other than that, is that it? Did I cover everything? Hell, I, I might have covered everything. Okay, well then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Maven1974. Uh, Facebook is forward slash Maven1974 or you can email me at Maven1974 at gmail.com. See, that's that's simple. Oh my god! Yeah, as far as I go, it's also as far as I go. Yeah, you can find me always here on the Slim Beef Podcast, of course, with these lovely, lovely people. You can find me on the Two Drink Minimum Commentaries with uh, Nudie and Willis, and hopefully X a lot more since I'm changing the scheduling, and hopefully he can be more involved and. A cavalcade of guests where we'll be doing hopefully some more different movies. We're doing a fun one next, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Try to throw you guys off your game a little bit, you know, not doing all the mainstream stuff all the time. And, you know, turning out of something new, hopefully. And um, you can find me on Twitter at GW. Find me on the Facebooks in the Sin Beef Podcast Facebook group. Come on, join us. And maybe you could be a guest. Maybe you can give us suggestions for some shows. That'd be a... Uh, Great, maybe some for God's sakes, folks, some feedback. We we love to hear some feedback from you guys because I got all these this, this stuff to give away, and you guys could be taking it home with you. I could be sending it to your home and wherever you live: Germany, Scotland, Ireland, Kentucky, New Buffalo, or wherever you live. I don't I don't care. Just I'll send it to your house, so you guys could enjoy a nice piece of memorabilia on me if you go rate and review us on iTunes. I gotta say that uh, two drinking room commentaries is has its very own iTunes feed now. Thank you, Bo, for, for setting that up for us so folks could give us a shout on there. Um, new Cinema Beef art is coming very, very soon from the luscious Cindy Kennard from the Creepy Kitsch podcast. Hopefully you guys will uh, be digging that because it might be coming on a, a item for you guys to buy to help support the lovely people at legionpodcast.com to Help us get our name out there a little more. And uh, that, that depends on uh, a couple things, and hopefully that could help move things along. And uh, if you want to help us out with that, always go to legionpodcast.com and click on the Donate button. Our admin will appreciate that if you do that. And uh, Anything else I want to say about this? this these loving people? Yeah, just, uh, yeah, that's about it. And remember, always here at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. 
Star Grove. Let's see that new routine. Come on. All right, more lift now. More lift. Good. Real tight. Are you feeling like breaking out? Let's see some height, Star Grove. All right, try it again. More lift. Good. Feeling adventurous, then you must put your trust not in a stranger. Playing your own game, do it your own way. Keeping your own sound that you found going down, playing like you play. Who knows what you'll find? You may like it or not, but all that you find, boy, is all that you got. Stop Stay rough. 